Hello and welcome to the Amateur Austenite. My name is Frances Duncan. I am an author and the founder of the Jane Austen Society of New Zealand. My very special guest today is my sister Paula. Kia ora. Today we are going to be reading chapter 54, sorry, discussing, we've just read, chapter 54 of Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. In chapter 54, Mr Bingley and Mr Darcy come for dinner at Longbourn. Which sounds really boring, doesn't it, when you just say that? <laughs> they come for dinner. Well, it's a party, so it's more than just dinner. They have cards afterwards and coffee and tea. Yes, and other people are there. Yes. We don't find out who the other people are, but we know in the previous chapter that Mrs. Bennett was talking about the Goldings coming to visit, I believe. Oh, I can't remember, but she does say somebody comes whose daughters aren't very pretty, which makes her happy. <laughs> she's so terrible. She is. Oh, she's talking about Mrs. Long's nieces. I think Mrs. Long is as good a creature as ever lived, and her nieces are very pretty behaved girls and not at all handsome. I like them prodigiously. I think this is one of those chapters that um, would be a beautiful scene to watch um, with all the glances and the looks without any dialogue because so much is said by the way that they would have been looking at each other and continually glancing over, you know, which Jane Austen says, but seeing it would add so much more. Because there's a whole bit where Lizzie and Darcy are sitting on opposite sides of the room and she's like, well, I hope he's doing as badly as cards at me because I can't stop looking at him. And then there's the beautiful bit where uh, Bingley goes to sit by Jane and he placed himself by her uh, because she turned around and happened to smile. But then he looks slightly alarmed and turns to look at, Bing at Darcy to check that he's got permission to do so. Very funny. It reminds me of uh, the latest version of Emma, the Autumn to Wild one, the 2020 version that I am teaching because um, there are a number of instances in the film where what Jane Austen has written is played out non-verbally mm. in the film and just the looks between people um, and even um, Anya Taylor-Joy who plays Emma, her acting is superb. You see, for example, when she realises what she said to Miss Bates at the picnic, the Box Hill picnic, when she oh. realises she's insulted her, her face just drops and you can see her register just how rude she's been without meaning to. Um, and, you know, obviously at the ball uh, between Mr Knightley and Emma, the sexual tension is so beautiful. It's just really well played. I hate the box for picnic. It's one of the most uncomfortable scenes in literature. I usually skip it, whether I'm reading or watching it, because it's so painful. And that's what Autumn de Wild said as well. If you aren't upset by the box for picnic, the whole film has fallen apart. It, it hasn't worked um, because she builds up Emma being mean to Miss Bates in very subtle ways throughout the whole film, and she builds up Emma's relationship with Mister Knightley throughout the whole film. And then brings in, of course, uh, Mr. Churchill and how he's uh, quietly whispering in Emma's ear and playing out to her um, for then this crescendo of Emma saying this awful thing to Miss Bates. And if that doesn't work, then the film doesn't work. Mm. It's beautiful. And that's what I keep thinking of with this chapter as well. I can just imagine, um, yeah, as you say, Elizabeth playing cards and 
sneaking a look at Mr. Darcy across the room. She did that in his last visit as well. She was supposed to be paying attention to her work, but she kept sneaking glances at him. Can I imagine that he would be understanding what's happening? But I felt a little bit sorry for him at the very beginning of the chapter when she she's berating him. He's not there, obviously. Why, if he came only to be silent, grave and indifferent, did he come at all? But he was in front of her family. What was he going to do? How could she expect him to actually say anything? She's been waiting for him to turn up. I know. Oh, no, she probably didn't expect that he would actually turn up, but now he's here and she's so excited to see him and he's grave and silent. But that's him, right? He's not going against character. She's now learned that that is who he is, that he is a lovely man, but he still is quiet and large groups of society this is true and you know that's that's who he is and she does get grumpy with him but i just feel a bit sorry for him even though he doesn't know because that's who he is and i mean imagine him sitting himself down next to her and trying to chat to her what mrs bennett would do (laughs) yes mrs bennett would have an apoplexy what were those two words that you read that you liked ceremonious salutation so when he arrives she gives him a mere ceremonious salutation attending his entrance Mm, that's lovely it's the only chance she gets to say hi it's nice to see you and then she struggles to get a chance to talk to him later um and one of the girls and it doesn't say who the girl is sits next to her and says the men shan't come and part us i am determined yeah, so a young lady who isn't worried about being married. And again, they can't talk frankly, so Lizzie can't be like, but I want to talk to him. Yeah, that's right. And she can't just tell her to piss off. And then when he does come, they don't even have a very good conversation. Yes, she asks about, is your sister at Pemberley? Is she alone? And that's about it. She can think of nothing more to say. He stood by her for some minutes, and then the lady who had said the men shan't part us whispers in her ear again and he's like well I'm off and he just walks away and I can understand why she couldn't think of anything you know in those situations where it's all too much and your brain just goes into overload it's full awkward and they talk about the food in some detail Mrs Bennett is talking about Darcy's two or three French cooks and she mentions the soup and the venison and the partridge because she's so excited about how well the evening went I think like she's talking about all the food that she well because she would have organised this of yeah, course that's right she's organised all this food and put it on and this is the pinnacle of her life really you know getting young men into her house and it looks like her daughter's going to marry one of them woohoo after half an hour's politeness she expected him to come and propose. Yeah. And that's why she's so happy about those nieces who are not pretty. Because that's all they had in those days, you know, a pretty face and able to make some polite conversation. Yep, I'll marry you, thanks. And that's all they wanted too. There's the whole thing that they don't want women to be too well educated. Yes. Let's not even get into the patriarchy, shall we? Goodness gracious. 
And Jane says Bingley is blessed with a greater sweetness of dress and a stronger desire generally pleasing than his, than any other man. She's like, he doesn't really like me. He's just nice to everyone. And that's how she's keeping herself safe, right? Yeah. Which is gorgeous. It's quite funny. She uses the confidant right at the end of the chapter. No, Lizzie does. Forgive me if you persist in indifference. Do not make me your confidant. And there's something right at the end of another chapter, not long ago, where Lizzie was thinking about needing a confidant. Yeah, I thought her choice of word there was quite ironic, really, because she and Jane do have a close relationship, yet Elizabeth still holds cards close to her chest. She really does. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's trying to keep herself from feeling too much or trying to not upset Jane, or whether there's another reason. I'm not sure either. Because not telling Jane about Darcy isn't going to hurt Jane, so why doesn't she tell her? Did her aunt say not to tell anyone? Yes, but you assume that wouldn't include Jane. No, did her aunt say not to tell anyone? I'm not sure she did. I know Darcy doesn't want people to know. But she also doesn't tell... Jane about her change in feelings towards Darcy. Hmm. Why keep that secret? Because it's embarrassing. Mm. She barely admits it to herself. And it's a real surprise for everyone. When it all comes out, which it shortly will. <laughs> we're nearly at the end. We're not really, because there's 61 chapters and we're only at 54. Seems like there's a lot of chapters to go with not much to happen. Well, but there's a lot to happen. Is there? Oh, yeah. The high point of the novel is still to come. The engagement. I always felt it's that it felt slightly awkward after the engagement happened that they should have just gone, yep, and we're done. End. Yeah. But that's perhaps because we're used to Disney or fairy tales where they got married and lived happily ever after. The oh, end. Really sweet chapter full of sexual tension. <laughs> <laughs> And that is our summary of Chapter 54 of Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. My name is Frances Duncan. You can find me at francisduncanwrites.com and on Twitter at Francis underscore Duncan. Thank you for listening and we wish you happy reading. Hurrah! Just popping back in to let you guys know that we have merch now. I haven't actually got merch with my face on it. That seems a little weird to me. But if you really want it, let me know and I'll do that. Here's merch of... The Jane Austen Society of Aotearoa, New Zealand's logo, uh, some Jane Austen merch, and some Pride and Prejudice, heavily Pride-focused merch, too. It's on Redbubble, and the link is in the notes. Happy buying!